Hey, what's going on, GNG? This is your boy Trek, and this is Trek and Cryptos to Connect. And so here we are. Welcome back. Another week of an episode. I do want to let it be known that these episodes were recorded in last year, so and that's 2018. So when you hear certain events kind of brought up, um, we're talking prior to 2019, and going forward, I'll note when episodes are recorded in 2019 as opposed to being recorded. Um, the year before. And in this one, I had the opportunity to talk with Evander Smart. Um, he used to be a crypto writer in the space and wrote for a, different, a bunch of different um, publications within the crypto news um, realm. And now he's off doing his thing with his website for education and empowerment of crypto blockchain knowledge. Um, and the first half, you know how it goes, the first half is the daily talk that I go through and what I'm going through at the time, and then the second half being the actual uh, conversation with the guest. For the first half, I talk about the last day of work. Yes, it was my last day of work, January 23rd. And so that was a big day for me. And here it is now. I'm in January of 2019, about to make the year of leaving my fiat-based job in order to make that fiat crypto cross um, and change careers totally. And yeah, so GNGs, sit back, listen. Hopefully you guys enjoy and something clicks and makes sense for you all. One. What's going on, GNGs? This is Smart Trekking, and I am your guy, Trek. Today is the 26th of January, and um, I know it doesn't have a significance for y'all, unless it's your birthday today. Happy birthday if it is. But for me, today is a very, very interesting today. Today was my last day at the 9 to 5 deal. Um, I am at this point officially crossing over into the crypto blockchain space and, and moving forward um, to become a smart contract auditor slash developer and just um, a, a, a blockchain enthusiast in the overall. I actually went to work like this today. Um, so I work, I worked in the defense contracting industry and this whole week I came in every day like dressed down to the T like this, you know what I'm saying? Three piece suit joints, ties and everything every day. Mind you, I don't have to dress up that nice. Um, I didn't have to dress up that nice. Like I could have just wore sneakers and jeans every day. But this week I wanted to just, and the crazy part is I've had other weeks where like I've worn a suit every day. I've had a week where I've worn a sweater every day. I've had weeks where I've dressed down in jeans every day. But this week I got a lot of like, oh man, you look so nice. And hey, like, why are you so dressed up today? And it's just like, I've had other weeks where I've dressed like this the whole week but you know whatever um i just want to say like it's, it's an interesting place to be like today this week was a real just being cool calm collected and royal like i'm gonna I'm have a cash for cash phrase that somehow or something hashtag or whatever but um 
that's that's what I felt like today. Like I had my go away luncheon. My team came out. Like we joked, we talked, and you know, got the best of luck wishes and all that stuff. And at the end of the day, it was like, all right, here's my badge and stuff. Here's my IDs. I'm out, and I'm okay with that. Like I am okay with where the next destination is or what's the um the next what's the word what's the word I'm looking for station yeah like I, I jumping back on like over the last couple of months I've had this feeling of like okay um I need to be, or I, I, I'm not feeling the same in this space anymore. And I've changed careers, I've changed jobs and job fields to be like in very drastic changes. Like I used to work in a group home, and then I um, went to be a truck driver. You know, um, yeah, like I, I've done drastic changes in fields, and I know that from my past experience, when I get the feeling of okay this isn't where I need to be anymore, the universe is talking to me, time to go. And my timeline was initially to definitely make it X amount more months in until like things were better set up and then jump over into cross the studying and, but the universe works how it works and I had brought it up a couple weeks ago, situation happened where I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to take that as this being the sign to you need to go now now so I did the professional thing you put in your two weeks you have your conversations with your supervisors and then like your middle management people and all that fun stuff and we get to the day you know I walked out feeling good smiling got the you know good luck wishes and all that fun stuff and um Come, well, I'm going to say come this weekend because I'm going to start working on projects and getting back into the reading and then actually start messing with the Solidity programming starting tomorrow. And next week, I already have, like, sticky pads and I got my board over there on, like, the ideas and stuff of things I need to research more on, which is the white papers for the ICO stuff. And um, there's another book I need to order. That's a technical book on reading that um, Andreas Antonopoulos put out. And then I got to start making these contacts and building a network. And I just want to say to anybody who... Understandable, my situation is very different. I live by myself. I have my own house. So I can move very differently. And I've been in the space a couple of years now. So my situation is, is ideal for some people and not ideal for others. And moving forward, I'm I'm hoping if you got the questions, reach out and ask. I'm on the Twitter, I'm on Telegram, on here, on um, um, Steemit and the D2. But this is what it is right now. Um, and I'm going to reach out. I answer questions and I'll do my best to answer the questions. But um, I just want to say, like, today's a day. Like, I quit. Well, I put my two weeks in two weeks ago, but today was the last day, so yeah.
And now we're going to move on to the next thing. And that's what it is. It's funny how line works out. It really is. But, like I said, G&G's, um, this is Smart Trekking. I am Trek. And if you reach that point where you're going to make that crossover, even if it ain't into this space, just make sure you go out with a smile. Do it in style. Be cool, calm, collected, and royal. Do you. All right. And there you have it, G&G's. That was the first half of the Daily Talk side of Checking Cryptos to Connect. Me going on about my last day of work and how um, I left. I left with a smile. I left in good spirits. Um, I left, I, I wore a suit. And I, I usually did dress up for work. But that day, I went extra hard on the suit. Like, I had cuffs and everything. Um, if you're changing careers, man, like, you know, it's, it's not going to be the easiest thing. I know that a lot more now than I did then in that moment. Um, but just be flexible and be ready. Um, you know, it's going to be unknown territory, but as long as you make a good enough plan and are flexible, you'll make it through. I'll, I'll say that. You'll make it through just like I did. So going on to the second half, um, talking with Evander Smart, we talk about Cyprus, we talk about um, Bitcoin, we talk about um, apps and dApps and um, smart contracts and writing. We, we cover a, a pretty um, wide range of things in regards to the crypto space. Not going too technical, but we talk about his journey and the things that he's learned over his um, years in being in the space. And hopefully you guys hear something that, you know, clicks, makes sense, inspires you to make that next step, get involved and um, be a part of, you know, what's going to help mass adoption happen for cryptocurrencies and blockchain technology. So enjoy GNGs. Hey, what's going on, GNGs? This is Trek and Cryptos to Connect, and I'm Trek, and today I'm getting to um, do an interview with a gentleman that I saw speak at the Black Blockchain Summit at um, Howard University, and uh, I, how do I say this? I was definitely taken in by um, his conviction for Bitcoin. And if you know, if you listen to other things that I've said or what I've written down someplace, I'm not a, a maximalist, but you know, I got in back in those days of Bitcoin being the first and only thing. So of course I have a affinity to it. And this gentleman here um, has taken it to the next step in regards to um, having a, a, a online schooling about it and he also writes about the space in general um so today i have with me if you could give yourself the introduction as far as a little bit about who you are um sir yes my name is evander coin university and i've been in the space since 2013 and my goal people ask me what do i do i tell them i teach the world about the future of money uh, so this is my uh, opus. This is my uh, reason for living. Uh, and I'm very uh, happy 
uh, with where I'm going in my life, my direction, my change, my growth, and uh, I'm here to help your uh, audience uh, hopefully get started uh, using Bitcoin and other digital currencies. Okay, so I, I like that one. I'm here to educate the world about the, the future of money. I like that one right there. Um, so start off question as always, you know, what was your aha moment? What got you in where you were like, oh, okay, I need to start looking at this thing. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, this was in the spring of 2013. I was watching the uh, some financial news channel on cable and they were talking about the economic downturn, the collapse of Cyprus, which I didn't know what a Cyprus was, but Cyprus was an island nation in the Mediterranean Sea near Greece and they had an economic collapse. And the uh, central bank, what they started doing is they started taking money out of people's accounts in the uh, bank. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's called a bail-in. You may have heard of a bailout. This is a bail-in. So in order to recapitalize the bank, they would start to take money out of the depositors' accounts. Uh, having been in banking myself, I worked, for, uh, I worked in uh, Wall Street for four years uh, before I got into the space. Uh, once you make a deposit to the bank, it's not your money anymore. A lot of people don't even know that much, really. Um, so people think, hey, I put my money in there. It's my money. I'll get it out when I need and so on and so forth. And that's, that's true. Uh, obviously, you do have rights to the money, but uh, once you actually make a deposit, that is now on the asset sheet of the bank itself, and they can do what they want with that money, and they usually end up investing it. But um, in this particular case, the problem was uh, the bank was kind of going under, so they started taking money out of those accounts. And what the people started to do is they started to put their money into Bitcoin, and they started to use it as a safe haven. And this is really the first time on any mainstream level uh, that anyone had used Bitcoin as a security or as a, uh, a safe haven asset. And that drove Bitcoin's value from about $20 in March of 2013 to about $225 by mid-April. Um, so this caught the mainstream media's attention in the U.S. and I saw the show. And so I learned what a bail-in was. I learned what a Cypress was. I learned what a Bitcoin was. Uh, through the show and I started going through the internet and spending the next year basically getting all of this information going through the forums and learning how all of these things work together and I kind of left banking to kind of find something like this. I left banking because I was not very happy with what was going on, all the backroom deals, uh, all of the uh, vested interests, all of the uh, quantitative easing was getting started and things like that. Mm -hmm. the, uh, the inflation of the currency. I was not very impressed. So there's a lot of things that weren't in a brochure when I got started with banking. That after four years, I was like, you know what? This is really okay. not for me. So I, I decided foolishly somewhat to just walk out and say, you know what? I, I can't go in this direction. This is not the right direction for me. I don't see a future. I spoke to the other bankers and they were like, they're trying to get me out of here. So they don't have to give me my benefits. So I'm 58 or 59, you know, they might not mm -hmm. be here for you 20 years from now. So those you know, early buyouts. So you need to consider that. So I was like, all right. And now I'm always good at getting a job or, you know, keeping food on the table or whatever. So I didn't really worry about, you know, finding a, a work. So I said, you know what, let me go find an, another direction. It took me a couple of years, but I found Bitcoin and my life's really never been the same since. Okay. So I break the whole fourth wall thing at times. Granted, this is on the podcast setup, but just to say, like, this is something that those of us who are in first tier countries don't understand. Um, I say this to people all the time when they come at me with the whole, like, you know, um, who controls it? I'm like, yeah, but look who controls the dollar. Like, you don't get it. You, once you put the money in the bank, that's it. It's not yours. 
It's all about positive control. Whether you want to say it's holding it in your hand as cash or having a private key as far as it being digital. Like, I mean, you do have control of it. You can use your debit card and you can access it at any time to buy something or whatever. But if the stuff goes down, it's not really yours. So, or, or, if, or if the bank freezes your account. Right. There and, are, and, and, and companies like PayPal have done that. You know, PayPal is exactly. notorious for doing that. So they're basically an online bank. So the, the original concept by Peter Thiel was to make PayPal into a Bitcoin. And he said, that's really what I wanted PayPal to be. But it turned out being an online clearinghouse type of bank. Very yeah. successful, but uh, it's not really what he originally envisioned. So, I mean, wow. BMW yeah. started out doing motorcycles, you know, so. Hey, you yeah. build something, it doesn't necessarily turn out the way you want, but it doesn't mean it's not successful, so. That is true. Um, that is very true. But um, for those of you who, this might be the first time you've heard of Cyprus, heard of bail-in and bailouts, like, you can Google all of this stuff. I would rather say, like, use DuckDuckGo, um, but, you know, whichever way you want to search it, you can definitely, like, look into the back end of this. And yeah, it's economic history, so it's out there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so, okay. So now you get in um, as far as the, the first, okay, I see this thing. I understand that, like, people were able to do something where they were able to financially insulate themselves from what was going on in the bigger economy of their country. Um, and now what do you do when you leave banking? Like, where do you, where do you cross? Yeah, I, I, had already, I had already left uh, banking. So I was just kind of just keeping, you know, piecing it together until I found what I was looking for. And then uh, in order to get into Bitcoin, I found one of the best ways to learn about it was to write articles about it, to blog about it. And it would help mm -hmm. me learn and I'll be able to teach others online. So I started writing for CryptoCoins News in the fall of 2014, and they would pay me $20 for an article here, $25 there. You get bonuses if you're the most read article of the month, so on and so forth. Uh, after about three months, I wrote an article why Bitcoin price drop is good for Bitcoin. I wrote about 3,000, 4,000 words for that, and that became their most read article in the history of their site. It got about 60,000 views, got about 4,000 social shares, and I became their leading uh, writer. So I wrote for them for about a year. Then I started working for other companies. I worked for Bitcoin.com, uh, Cointelegraph, uh, Bitcoinist, and so on and so forth. And that's how I supported myself pretty much from 2014 through 2017. I was a Bitcoin journalist. I, that's how I paid the bills. I didn't have a nine-to-five job. I, I wrote about Bitcoin. I sold the Bitcoin for dollars. And that's how I supported myself. I'm, I'm a legitimate Bitcoin person. All right, so I would say that this, this counts as one of those examples, like I said, with how the, the idea behind Trekking Cryptos to Connect is to showcase the people who have done that crossover, that, all right, I'm out of the, the fiat job uh, market as far as making a living, and I'm doing it in this crypto space, right? And um, Evander is a perfect example of that um, as far as, you don't have to be a technical person in order to get in the space and like make an income from this space. And I try to tell people this all the time. Um, I recently started um, writing for a company that's out of UK. And I have to say like before when I was just writing, you know, my, my own stuff on medium and like putting stuff out on, um, on um, like LinkedIn and stuff. It's one thing to write for yourself and 
then it's another thing to actually write for a platform and certain subjects and how to be able to like word it to where people are interested or it makes sense as far as it being a technical side um, aspect of it or you know what the angle of the piece is and I'm learning all of that stuff right now kind of like on the job training and so far the company likes what I say and how I say it and I tell them I'm not about like the whole price thing if you want to talk about technicals as far as I like the technology that they're based on and that's what makes sense to me about the platform I do that all day but man like writing above a thousand words prior to getting into writing like at this level as far as before this year a thousand words i i thought i was gonna die <laughs> like yeah. honestly um but now the more that i get into the writing thing and then like figuring out how to segment stuff out and like how to um wrap certain yeah. things back around you know how to outline an article yeah yeah it's just like oh okay i always had a, a knack for it so i was always kind of a little gifted in, in writing so Sometimes, some days, obviously, my job was to write an article every day, at least for coin, crypto coins news. So I'd write five articles a week. Some articles would be 400 words, and some articles would be 4,000 words. So sometimes I'm free, free, free forming, and I'm like, you know, this is what I feel about this subject, and I just write it, and it just keep writing, and it just kind of have a, a life of its own sometimes. But I have a lot of background coming from banking, so I can compare Bitcoin to banking a lot and, and the economic okay. system. So I have more of a, a base of experience to work from. So. Uh, makes it easier to write articles when you have more experience in finance. So. That does make sense. Um, what I was going to say, where was I? I was just about to go on something about the writing. Um, and uh, now keep in I mind, love. I mean, writing writing uh, articles is not a way to. Well, I don't. I don't know what the market is like now. I mean, obviously, there's there's more sites, so I'm I'm sure it may be a little easier to be a writer now, but. Um, it wasn't a way to make a fortune I was making, maybe. You know, oh, so. no, definitely not. Definitely not. And yeah, if you're not good at the way you make, I mean, you can work for like two or three different sites at a time now. So, I mean, it's, it's different. I was working for one company, maybe making six, 700 a month uh, doing that. And I, I was at the top of the market. So, but now you can write for probably two or three different sites and make a full-time income if you, depending on where you live and what your expenses are and so on. So. So what's funny is when I first started trying to like, you know, put the, put the feeler out, like I would send one or two things that I did on medium to uh, certain platforms and I wouldn't even get no response back like at all. And right. this is like a couple months ago, honestly. Okay. And I met somebody on LinkedIn. We were talking about um, just some crypto stuff and whatever. And they're overseas. And I was like, yeah, so I'm trying to get into the writing thing. And I was asking them the questions. And I was like, well, let me see what you got. And I gave them a report I did for somebody who wanted to get into mining and like the breakdown of how they can get in. And then I gave them like two or three of the same articles I used to the other platforms. Right. And they're like, all right, well, let me see if I can do something. And then like a week or two later, they're like, well, write this out and then if this works out well we'll take you on as freelance right and i was like oh okay and and also also uh, just i guess for your for your fans or, or whatever i went to a xbt freelancer xbt freelancer they have a lot of jobs in the crypto space um so you can look that up i mean i, I did get a writing job there so 
uh, there are websites that are kind of focused on Bitcoin jobs. So, I mean, you can look that up in a Google yeah. jobs or, or what have you. There, there are some platforms that will help you kind of get rolling. That That is so true about how the space has expanded now um, where I think, what is it, blockchain and something else. I can't remember the other term, buzzword, but like it's one of the biggest search things for like monster. Okay. Um, and then now you have all the different sites that are looking to really just focus on the job skills needed to run a blockchain-based company. So whether you're an exchange, whether you're some kind of ICO doing whatever magical thing you're doing, you still need an accountant, you still need an HR person, you still need you know, your marketing people, you still need the, the office secretary person, an executive, like, you still need all of those positions is what I try to tell people all the time. Like you don't have the quote money to discretionary money to spend on, um, on like you going through an exchange to get a crypto, find a way to have someone pay you in crypto and they're there. Right. Right. Exactly. So um, what I do with Bitcoin university, I'm not necessarily, you know, uh, preaching to the choir. I'm looking for people who are obviously in the mainstream space and they want to get started. Uh, but yeah, obviously the best way to get crypto is to get people to pay you in crypto uh, and just exchange services. So, I mean, I kind of go over that inside of the Bitcoin university as well. I feel like the um, gig economy is, I feel like cryptocurrencies is a untapped resource within the gig economy as far as like the whole, you know, doing a trade of service and like the remote working. Um, I know like in the States, when we think of gig economy, people think like, oh, are you being a dog walker? And it's like, you know, you can still get somebody to pay you in crypto as a dog walker. Just say like, hey, like I accept crypto. I'm the, I'm the Bitcoin dog walker make that your thing right and then like you can you can scale the um the um the the what is the damn word i'm looking you can vertically scale the job on the end of all right i'm a dog walker now i now have been in it long enough and know x amount about dogs to where i can offer these services and you might have some training that you did you know at some like pet parts the uh, pet smart place to be able to say well I can groom dogs now. So it's dog walking and these services is grooming. And you can do all of this in the gig economy as a side thing or as a professional thing and have people pay you in crypto. Like, Well, I think, again, once uh, Bitcoin becomes actual mainstream product, which is probably in the next year or two, then you'll probably see a lot more of that. It's probably still a little too early for those type of things. You're probably still a little too far ahead of the curve for that. But by 2020, I think you're going to see a lot of that. I think that in first tier countries, it's ahead of the curve kind of thing. But depending on what region you're in and like, quote, you know, what kind of now, tier you're in Venezuela and you have nothing. I'm a car mechanic. Pay me in dash. Yeah. So, right. Like, so I. Like Argentina is getting big into uh, digital currencies. Obviously, Japan is big. Yeah. Uh, Venezuela, a lot of people, thousands of people wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Bitcoin. So uh, it's becoming a thing. So it is starting to go viral. So I, I, um, 
I look at the space and you know how people make the argument of like, well, we need to have it be pushed from the institutional side. We need to have this top down, like trickle down effect thing happen. Um, and then you have like the more hardcore or like the, the more original ideology people in the space say, well, no, we need to do it from the ground up and it's about the people and, you know, working it that way. Um, I kind of meld the two together to say that the space as far as mass adoption is going to happen, but it's going to be a combination of the two things. And then depending on where you are, it will, one side will probably have more influence than the other. So for example, um, Malta is a top-down example, right? But when you go at the ground level, how many places can you really use cryptos in Malta? Can right. I go to a McDonald's? Can I go to a cafe? Can I go to a restaurant? Eh. Right. But, but India, India and Japan are, are the other way. So now oh, there's so many merchants that accept it. Uh, that's, yes. forced, that's forced the governments to respond with regulations and making it a part of the economy. So. And like the stuff that like Japan is looking to do with it as far as how they're... Um, now, granted, their version isn't a blockchain one, but like that implementation of going through the different retail stores and having like a, all right, here's how we're going to implement this out in blocks of, you know, X amount of these retail chains are going to start accepting um, a cryptocurrency or multiple cryptocurrencies. And that's like, that's being pushed. Well, the I think they were, they were doing that over and above what the government was doing. I think those are separate issues. These these merchants, now there's thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of merchants throughout Japan that are accepting it. They were doing that regardless of what the government was going to do. But now mm -hmm. the government has had to jump in and say there's so much going on. We have to do something. We have to respond as far as taxes, as far as regulations. We got we to gotta make this work. And Japan has already said that they plan to have a J-coin or a national digital currency by the Summer Olympics. So that's already mainstream news that they're going to go national with their own digital currency. Um, you know, okay, I got one for you. A question on this one: Senegal is supposed to have the the Olympic youth. Um, it's supposed to host the Olympic youth uh, events, okay. and I'm curious on how that's going to play out. As far as like, I don't know how big the youth event, as opposed to the major part of the Olympic, you know, thing is. But like, do they get the um, the Olympics, the Olympic Village set up and like, are, like, I imagine there's going to be a whole bunch of new construction that goes on around them getting the event. And so, you know, um, what I am wondering is who's going to be the person to be like, hey, we should have like um, a village coin or, you know, a youth, of, um, a youth, a, a Olympic youth coin or some kind of crypto that's already out there and then implement it into like what's going on within the vendors and the patrons and oh, right. all or of that. an ICO around your event or whatever. So yes, that, that, like, that, that, that's a business opportunity. There's so many business opportunities. So whether you're in Senegal or whether you're in Japan, there's, there's plenty of space to uh, be an entrepreneur and, and grow this mm -hmm. private economy. And that, that's the best part of it. It's a, it's a private it's a private economy. It's it's about entrepreneurship. It's about it's about freedom, and uh, that's the best part. Is it's really not centralized, and the banks and the governments are are on the outside looking in, and that that's mm -hmm. really that's really the strength of what uh, Bitcoin provides. It provides 
people like you and me to uh, create our own economic system. And then everybody else wants to join our thing. So mm -hmm. that, that's the most mm -hmm. important part. So I can add, that's basically kind of what Facebook has, has made or, or what have you. Everybody wants to, you know, to join Facebook's thing, then they have a billion people. So Facebook, they start out as nothing. They start out as just a local school community page or club and then right. kind of grew into something. So Bitcoin's gonna do the same thing. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited to see where all of this goes. So. Yes, definitely. Um, okay, so you get to writing and then now you get past the writing point and then you're looking at it going, okay, um my side thing was, was was education and building the website so i started that in 2015 and uh you know just learning the hosting and learning the website design and the uh making videos and writing books and funnels and autoresponders and all that i've just had to learn all that over the last three years so now i've gotten to a point where i think the site is actually done <laughs> so uh i got uh, over 60 videos there and I've written five books on the topic, and I give a lot of free information uh, at BitcoinUniversity.online uh, for anybody who just wants to get their feet wet, you know, start treading around in this exciting new space that's going to change the future of money. Okay, um, I'm going to end up having that information as far as his website and contact stuff on the landing page so you can get to all of that stuff, um, people who are listening. Um, so, okay. What but you can just type Bitcoin University into any search engine. It'll come up. Number one, I had to do the SEO for it. So you type in Bitcoin University, my website is at the top of any search engine you'll find. So. Okay. That makes it even easier. There you go. There you go. Um, okay. So you get in as far, you get the idea, you now start taking action. Um, what was like, as far as getting to the point within the education space of of, um, of cryptos, um, what was one of the what was one of the easiest parts of it, and then what was one of the things that you didn't see like as a as a potential issue, and then like you had to say, oh, okay, now I see what that is, and then let me correct it accordingly. Well, again, I mean, it, it goes back to how I, how I got started. It's just if you're brand new, you're not really going to know where to, to begin. You know, it's mm -hmm. it's such a wide open kind of esoteric kind of space, and education and understanding and, and fighting the ignorance around it has really been the biggest problem for Bitcoin. It's just the mainstream has no idea what it is or how to approach or even how to approach it. And that goes to governments and uh, businesses or what have you, media. A lot of lot of ignorance uh, is really what is hurting. Is hurting a Bitcoin because somebody would just tell you something about it and you just get a either a good impression or a bad impression. If the media put, writes out a mega article about it or say, oh, people lost 50% of the money on Bitcoin, then that just creates a bad first impression. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. what's most important is that Bitcoin is not a one-trick pony. So there's a lot of different parts to it and you can focus on the economics of it. You can focus on the investment potential. You can focus on the technology and all of the new things that it provides uh, the economy, both mainstream and within the community. And you have to make sure that people understand that it's, it's, there's a lot going on here. And it's, it's very, the easiest way to understand it is it's modeled after the internet itself. So it is developing 
like the internet did a generation ago. In 1998, 1999, you were just starting to get search engines. So mm -hmm. the, internet, the internet didn't take off until it got the search engines. So once you have a search engine, now you can find everything and it, it, it kind of completes the circle, it completes the picture. Uh, like a puzzle. Um, so mm -hmm. Bitcoin is basically waiting for those killer applications. Um, and on the investment side, you're going to see the Bitcoin ETF. And you're going to see major companies like the Intercontinental Exchange, uh, Starbucks, and uh, Microsoft. They're going to create a corporation starting next month called BAT. You can look that up. Okay. Yeah. And they're going to actually look put Bitcoin into uh, exchanges around the world, Singapore, Taiwan, Japan, Canada, UK, and it'll actually be traded like a commodity, like silver, like gold, like frozen oranges, and so on and so forth. And there's going to be so much institutional money coming in, that's going to change the values, that's going to change the, uh, the business cycle, and so on and so forth. So that then, all right, so you jumped ahead on my question. So that's your looking at the space and seeing what prediction-wise what will yeah. happen going next forward. Okay. Right, right. Um, and then huh. obviously once the ETF comes, Canada's going to need an ETF. Japan's going to need an ETF. Australia and so on and so forth. So this is, we're just getting started. Now the second 10 years, we're going to the 10-year anniversary at the end of this month of Bitcoin. Yeah. Now the second 10 years is going to be about adoption. It's going to be about the growth and the investments from the mainstream. The community itself has gotten it to this level, which is a great level. Um, you know, if you've gone from nothing to billions of dollars in value, hundreds of billions of dollars, that's that's incredible. Now to go mainstream again, it's it's pretty much following the same thing the internet did after its first ten years. The internet didn't really go viral until two thousand or so, and then the next ten years, everybody was Bitcoin. So that's where Bitcoin is. Ten years now, everybody is Bitcoin or Litecoin or what have you, or their national digital currency. It's gotten it's so gotten good, good that every nation will make a copy, make a copy of Bitcoin. Of they will have a national digital currency. There will not be paper US dollars. There will be digital dollars. There will be digital million dollars, US dollars, J-coin. China China shut down Bitcoin because they're making their own currency. They don't want the competition. So, okay, but then look at what they're doing with um, their their um, their version of the Supreme Court. Um, I don't remember what month it was, but it was like this year they started making um, these Providence level, like so district courts, but they're called um, internet courts. And so the Supreme Court said um, blockchain counts as a legal document. And so at some point they made the internet courts and the internet courts deal with e-commerce. Now for me, a dot one to dot two says, eventually you're going to start dealing with cryptocurrencies because you're already dealing with the underlying technology and the largest use case of it is um, financial, which is in the commerce space. So I think that publicly they're saying a bunch of different things and doing stuff publicly, but on the back end of it, like they're definitely setting things up. And I think that like that plays into their whole um, one road, one direction and the, um, what is it? One direction maritime project that they're doing too. Like it's, it's funny when you kind of like stand back and then um, look at what they're doing on a bigger scale. 
but then when you see what's being put out as far as like public news stuff in China, um, yeah, in Ch for China, um, yeah, China has a, a very unique way of doing everything. So yes, yes, um, like they, they they do the whole okay, look over here at the shiny thing, but like there's X amount of different interwoven projects that are going on, and granted, their time scale. That's another thing that's very different about like um, Eastern cultures as far as time scale. It's not a let me do it tomorrow, let me do it now. It's like, no, no, all right, long, I, I, no long term, they're looking long term. So. Yes. The five and 10 year plans. So. For like example, what they're doing with the, the high speed rail that they um, are using to um, basically transport people right now, but for that whole um, New Silk Road path, that's a loss for them of like, I think I've heard somewhere in the millions. And but from what I've- That's an upfront loss. I mean, 10, 20 years from now, it's gonna be all profit, so. Exactly. But like, from what I've understood about the project, they already baked it in that they'll do a loss for like five or so years and like not bat an eye about it. Well, again, Amazon just started making money, I don't know, last week or something. So they've been in business 20 years. <laughs> They've been losing money since forever, so you know. Man, Tesla's uh, valued at what it is, but like that company is no not never made money right. on the book, right? So you know, um, but yeah, like it, it, it's really interesting just to like be at this point in the space, and then you're looking at it and you're like, wow, like. Well, that, that ties in with the bigger issue is that Bitcoin is not a debt-based debt security. It is yeah. not. Now, there is no central banking that needs to support it in particular. So again, it's the total opposite of what you're doing with dollars. With every single dollars created, it is a debt instrument. That is money that is owed to a central bank by, by the government and is really going to be paid by you and I or any uh, tax slave in the, in the U.S. Or in any nation, because every nation has their own central banking system. So it's all pretty much the same scam uh, okay. system, in my opinion. Bitcoin does not need your debt. It does not ask you for debt or anything. You're, you're buying an appreciating asset. You're not buying mm -hmm. an appreciating asset. It cannot be inflated or destroyed by a centralized uh, system. So that's just another strength, a feature uh, that Bitcoin provides. Okay, then let me ask you this one then. As far as uh, financial instruments as um, derivatives and hedging and leverage and like the whole ETF thing, then and how do you see that as an effect in the crypto space? Because those things obviously are are coming some things are being done to a certain level um but like it's the same thing as being as an app on your iphone pretty much these are all just applications on top layers on top of uh bitcoin so those who actually own bitcoin will have the real value and those who are on the outside looking in will look for a way to basically try and mischievously try and scam their way in through these fiat-based uh, systems that really haven't worked in the fiat space except to make a few people wealthy and really hurt the overall economy. But uh, again, the people who own their own Bitcoin and control it themselves, those are going to be the new Rockefellers or Standard Oil or, you know, okay. JP Morgan's uh, of the future. So. Where am I going? I'm, where am I going? Um, Caitlin Long. Um, she, I, I recently started listening to her stuff uh, more as far as what she talks about with the financial space and banking and Wall Street and stuff. And she kind of makes those same um, statements as far as like, they're going to get in, 
but it's going to be to work to their ruin as far as people who are looking at it from the end of all, I don't want the actual Bitcoin, but I want to put all of these different things on top of it as financial instruments. And well, it's, it's, it's a, it's a short money mindset. So maybe they've, they've realized that they really can't get in and they can apply what they've learned in fiat space to the Bitcoin space and turn a quick buck, but it's not a long-term play. Owning your own Bitcoin, controlling it, securing it, or maybe even educating people about it, that's more of a long, long-term long uh, business model. So it's not that you can't make money with it, but it's not, you're, you're not really in the space. Yeah. You're kind of dancing around the edges of the space. So. Yes. Somebody maybe, maybe, else. They need, maybe they need to do that way for compliance purposes or whatever. I don't know. And again, maybe all these banks, the TD Ameritrade, Fidelities, the Goldman Sachs, they're trying to get in. They need to build a regulatory structure. The SEC needs to, to help and all of that. And I think this is all going to come to pass in the next six to 12 months. And you're going to see a lot of institutional money, a lot of accredited investors jump in. That's going to change Bitcoin values a lot. But again, um, who actually own Bitcoin, who are doing trades in actual Bitcoin, not futures, but actual physical uh, closure in Bitcoin are really the ones who are going to make that long-term uh, investment work for them. Um, look at, um, who was it? Bit Bitfinex just did a deal with HBC. Um, and, right, and, and Poloniex was bought by Goldman Sachs. Yeah, I, man, that was a whole backdoor move that like I respected the business part of it. But it was still one of those like, this is not a good sign at all, in my book. Um, I mean, I understand from all sides. I mean, I'm sure Poloniex made a nice profit from, from the yes. sale. Uh, and maybe they still have some ownership interest. Maybe they can still get some of those fees from the, uh, from the exchange. But if you want to build a digital currency exchange and you're a bank, it's best just to buy a digital currency exchange and not have and, to and do the infrastructure work and shortcut the whole system. So that's the thing with banking. They have, they have money, but they have no innovation. They have no creativity. They don't understand space. All they have is money. So all mm -hmm. they need to do is just buy out people who have the infrastructure, who have the understanding, and then uh, you leverage what they know and just, just cut the line. I feel like um, that particular um, event what is going to be like uh, a catalyst, like as we move forward with more of the traditional institutions really getting into the space. Um, like, so how traditional IT works as far as um, you make the technology, whatever the service or product, you get it to a certain level and then you sell off to a bigger, you know, um, competitor who wants that under their umbrella thing. And I think that X amount of the people who have that mindset are going to really start getting into the space to make stuff. And it might not necessarily have long-term value, um, but it will have immediate value. And so you'll have like the bigger companies coming in and be like, oh, well, we're just going to buy that up. Oh, what, what? Like, look at what happened with GitHub and um, Microsoft. Right. Um, I actually wonder how long is it going to be before GitHub starts having like, a, all right, there's a, pay, there's a paywall somewhere in here for you to be able to do X, Y, and Z. And then I also wonder how much um, project data mining they're doing to say, okay, what do we have here? Because if you've ever been through um, GitHub, and not you personally, uh, Evander, but just the audience in general, there are a 
ton of projects on there that have been started, stopped, and just like stopped because the interest or the person who was working on it just didn't have the time anymore. Yeah, and that's funding or whatever. Whole, right. right, that's the whole open source. Um, that was like the open source haven as far as like, you know, um, um, information and repository storage. So I wonder how long is it going to be before they start rolling stuff out? We're like, oh, yeah, we're going to push this out as our thing. And then somebody's going to be like, yeah, but wasn't that on, you know, GitHub like three, four years ago? And that's not what they intended to do with it. Like, but you can't it's, say it's, that it's, at that point. It's business. It's something personal. Exactly. Like, and, and one of the things that um, I'm really starting to understand about the space as far as how it's growing and expanding and going into different directions, like, um, all right, so 2013, if you talk to somebody who was in the crypto space, it's like, oh, so like, what do you do? You were generally saying four things. Either you were a trader, a hodler, um, a minor, a, a dev, or um, a minor, yeah. right? And people forget about the devs, but like they, they were there. And then now, um, when you talk to somebody and you're like, oh, so what do you do? And they're like, oh, I have cryptos. And it's like, well, so what kind of wallet are you using? Like, I've actually had the conversation with people. And when I ask what type of wallet are you using, they have no idea what I'm talking about. And it, it blows my so mind. So it's not on with Coinbase or, or what have you, just, you know. No, not even, not even. Oh God, I can't remember the name for the platform. I was talking to a financial management person and we're going, we're kind of skirting around the edges of it. And then they said something, I was like, wait a minute. What kind of wallet are you using? And they were like, oh no, I don't, like we don't deal with the wallet stuff. And I was like, what? What does that even, like, how? What does that even mean? And then once we started going further in the conversation, I got what they were doing and what platform they were using from one of the traditional financial institutions. Right, or in futures or something else. So. Yeah, and it was just like, oh, okay. So, and I'm really curious to see when are we going to come up with a phrase that like differentiates between people who actually hold as right. regards to like positive control of a crypto as opposed to people who are doing that paper derivative asset, paper asset of it. Right. Yeah. Um, so I'm, 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 I'm always curious about that. And those are like little things that run around my head about how but, I uh, see this. But again, TD Ameritrade and Fidelity have already announced that they're pretty much going to run it through their list and they're going to allow them to buy it directly. So we're talking between those two companies alone, almost 40 million people. So you're going to have real investors who can just go into their account, start buying and hitting buttons and buying Bitcoin and Litecoin, Ethereum, and so on and so forth. So next year, I think that's what you're going to see a lot of. You're going to see a lot of those mainstream competitors offering real products and ways to actually buy digital currencies and wallets. Like it would be like online banking. Same, same okay. animal. Okay, that, that's a good one. All right, so I don't want to take up your whole morning. Like I still got to make it to the gym myself today. Um, close out on what is a product or service that is crypto or blockchain based that you use that you would tell people about? Uh, well, honestly, I, I, I mean, I like like a, there's a, a website here that I use for buying uh, t-shirts or so on, Bitcoin t-shirt store. They make some great products. 
Uh, okay. $40 t-shirts. I've bought like a dozen of those. So uh, really beautiful designs, high quality shirts. People compliment me all the time. Bitcoin t-shirt store.com. I don't get anything for saying that, but they make you know, a nice high quality product. So I recommend them if I could. Um, Cause that's a good way to build community. It's a good way to kind of, you know, I, when I wear a shirt, people always compliment and say, Hey, nice shirt. Where'd you get that? You know, Bitcoin to the moon, HODL and so on and so forth. And I get a lot of 20, 25 year olds, people a lot younger than I am talking about it. So it's a good way to kind of uh, get the word out. And, um, you know, I, I, I still use my local Bitcoins account, localbitcoins.com. I'm, I'm a big fan of what they do. That's how I got okay. started five years ago. That was my first wallet. So when people go to Bitcoin University, I actually walk them through how I got started and uh, why I use that site, why I don't use Coinbase, why I don't use blockchain.info. There's a lot of downside risks to using the larger mm-hmm. platforms. So, uh, you know, we can, I go deep into all this uh, on my website. So, you know, there's a lot of free information there and I just want to help people get started. And uh, it's not as difficult as it used to be when I got started in 2013. So hopefully uh, you can take advantage of my wisdom and experience and, uh, and get started today. All right. Um, that, that was a good one. I got to definitely look into um, the, the swag site that you're talking about. So I want to say thank you. And before we close out, if you could just provide contact information for how people can um, you know, reach out to you, get to your site. Um, yeah, absolutely. So you can go to, again, you can Google or Bing or Yahoo, uh, just in your search engine, Bitcoin University. My site will come up first. It's bitcoinuniversity.online. Uh, you can just watch the official webinar, bitcoinuniversity.net. And uh, also, I'm big on LinkedIn, so I have about 8,000 connections on LinkedIn. So you go on LinkedIn, uh, type in Bitcoin or my name, Evander Smart, and you should uh, see me first in the uh, search results. And we can connect there. You can send me a message, and I'd love to chat with you there. So I'm big on LinkedIn, and uh, check out Bitcoin University. All right. Well, um, once again, thank you again for um, taking the time out to talk. I know we've been kind of playing the email tag game. Uh, this week has been really real for trying to get interviews done. Same for me, so I understand. Oh, um, but once again, um, followers, listeners, um, this is Trekking Cryptos to Connect. And this is another episode showcasing someone who is at the ground level, at the forefront, looking to help people and empower people with cryptocurrency knowledge and blockchain knowledge um, and how it relates to what's going on in their everyday life, as well as educating you about the future of money and what is definitely, without a doubt, coming down the pike. Um, check out his website. And you know, like you said, there's free information on there and you will definitely walk away with something new that you've learned. Even yes. those of you... Discover the future money today. Go ahead. Please discover the future money today. Yes. Um, So thanks again. If you like what you heard, share it, thumbs it, you know, do all that other fun stuff. Have a good one. See y'all at the next episode. All right, GNGs, there you have it. That's the full episode, section one, segment two. Um, And so, you know, you heard how I was talking. I was real cheerful, happy and all that. And I'm going to say I was also naive as to how 2018 would play out. It was definitely a good number of things personally and within the crypto space that I just didn't have on my radar. But nonetheless, I did make it through that um, that year. You know, um, I, I just 
kept at what I was doing. I, I, I figured out other things that got me to writing. And so, yeah, just remember when you're making that crossover, even if it's not in this particular space, the crypto space, be flexible. You can have whatever plan you want, but remember to be flexible. That's going to be just a little tidbit of advice I would like to share upon you guys. Um, and then you heard how, you know, me and Evander talked, and I really took um, X amount of what he was saying about the writing stuff. And just looking at what's going on in the space and what had happened in the space um, for when we initially recorded that interview and how it played out X amount of months later. And, you know, I'm still writing now. I'm actually working out to make more content coming out this year as far as written articles go. So, yeah, I, I definitely took what he said to heart. Um, it is a way to get into the space, GMGs. You know, you might not be having the technical side or a traditional uh, job skill like accounting or something, but there are other ways, which is what I look and try to present here at Trading Cryptos to Connect. And so, GMGs, uh, for my last closeout, I will say I have the um, sponsorship stuff going on right now, and um, I'm definitely looking to get help as far as being able to get stuff transcribed and get the editing stuff down. So any help in regards to, you know, liking, sharing, um, doing a thumbs up thing and making any kind of donation. You can DM me on Twitter at Smart Trekking, or you can find me on Instagram at Trekking Cryptos. The actual full name of the show is the actual account, which is Trekking Cryptos to Connect, but the handle that they give me is Trekking Cryptos. So, GNGs, until the next episode, you have a good one. Go out, learn something about cryptos and blockchain, and hey, start from the ground level, make a difference. One.